Hello, Internet. You're listening to Genius Cast with Scott and Mike. I'm Scott, along with Mike. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. Excited to talk about the genius, as always. It's been too long. Last week, Bum Diddly Ump just blindsided us with a Wednesday episode, and there was a Thursday episode instead of Wednesday. Wednesday night, you and I were all set to record, and Thursday, we were not. So instead, I wound up doing the 12 minutes all by myself, and, and I want to thank everybody who stayed with the podcast after that. Uh, I guess it couldn't have been too bad if you're still listening, but uh, as always, please follow me on Twitter, at WhoIsScottGreen. Mike is at Michael Botta, B-O-T-T-A. Did I get that right, Mike? Nailed it. Great. Uh, it's almost all Genius Hawk all the time right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, give the people what they want, and, uh, you know, that's what, that's what everyone wants. This is a, this is a yeah. huge thing. Unless you're following me for hot, hot health economics takes, and you, in which case you are sorely disappointed. But otherwise, we're going genius all season. So uh, before we get started, just a, a quick word. Uh, Dom and Colin were kind enough to mention us on their podcast a couple weeks ago. Really appreciate it. Dom and Colin, as for probably most people here, uh, are either the, the two who got you into the show, or they're the guys who got the person who got you into the show into the show. Uh, for most people, they're either our, our, uh, our genius dads or granddads or great granddads. It, it, it flows through them like you can trace all of human existence back to a common ancestor i think for most people watching the genius it goes back to dom and colin so we appreciate the shout out we love their podcast uh you know we're doing this really uh uh we got tired of waiting around five or six days after an episode aired uh to to get their take on it and and the genius is a show where you're just dying to talk about it break it down analyze it and for us uh you know we we just were like jumping out of our our laptops to to talk about it ourselves if if no one else was going to get to it in time and I, and I think we're just both very talkative people in general. So listening wasn't enough. We just had to get on the mic and actually got to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so so they do great work. If you're listening to, to us and not to them, uh, I think that's crazy. You should absolutely be listening to Dom and Colin. They do great work. Um, but I also think it's important for us as the new guys that we should be getting our podcasts out before theirs because they're established and they've done this and everyone everyone trusts uh, their, their takes on the show. And I feel like if we fall behind them and they podcast first and we go second, then plausibly we could just be stealing their ideas. But I don't think any anyone's concerned that they're just taking our ideas. So um, that being said, I just wanted to give them a, a huge shout out before we continue and uh, let us never speak of them ever again. They're dead to me starting now. Great. Perfect. Agreed. Okay. So that out of the way, we love, we love you guys. We'll listen as soon as yours goes up. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that being said, let's get to episode five of season four of the genius. And as always, we, if you haven't listened to, to everything up to this point on the genius or even watched the show seasons one, two, three, and the first four episodes of the season, go do it. We're going to spoil it for you. So uh, turn this off right now. Go watch, come back. We'll still be here. That's the, that's the amazing thing about podcasts is it's not a live recording. I mean, it's live Mike for you and me right now, because we're, we're doing it actively, but people listening to it, it's not live. So uh, you can come back and, and check it out anytime you want to uh, watch this show because I'm going to spoil, for example, I'm going to spoil that Jinho wins season one. I mean, look at that. I just spoiled it. I just said it. You didn't turn off your, your podcast in time and now you know Jinho wins season one. Somewhere and, Shireen, uh, Shireen, who is about to watch the last episode, is super pissed off. Right now. Yeah, Johan wins season two. Uh, uh, a huge win in the final episode. No one no one saw it coming. And uh, 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 Jung Hyun in second place. And uh, um, Can you tell that my wife is upstairs? She hasn't seen the season yet. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just throw that around in case she's eavesdropping. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's get into uh, to episode five here. Uh, See episode five. Episode five. Remember when everyone thought that uh, when Sangman got eliminated, that the season was going to go down the crapper. We were we were really going to miss uh, all the excitement that came from. I, I guess this is a game that probably he would have been pretty fun in. But uh, even still, I, I think we're getting plenty of fun out of the genius this season. 
Oh, it's it's still been great. I can only imagine that Sangin would almost definitely have been a rebel, which I'm sure would have been interesting, but who needs the what ifs? I'm sure we'll see Sangman again later on in the season, and we've got plenty of exciting stuff to talk about. Well, if Sangman would have would have gone with the plan that that I'll lay out a little later in this podcast, they would have won. I think any any group of rebels uh, would have been very likely to win following the strategy. That now, granted, I didn't come up with this on the fly. I didn't come up with it in like the five minutes that the actual rebels had to plan this out on the on the episode. But um, you yeah. you have been like a nightly newscast all week with the number of teasers for this strategy. So I'm excited to hear what it comes down to. Yeah, this is uh, this is why we get the big bucks for uh, for podcasting. I'm sorry, that's why we pay the big bucks for podcast hosting. Hey, exactly, that's right. This podcast brought to you by TVN, TVN Content Trend Leader. <laughs> Fifteen. Today's uh, game is Loyalists and Rebels. Um, wait, where, where do I have my notes from before the episode started? Did my notes get out of order? What happened when we started the episode? Everyone came in, and then they talked for a bit, and then the credits ran. Is that pretty much it? I think you nailed it, right. as usual. Good, uh, good. Or and, of course, they announced that uh, anyone accused of being a rebel would immediately be shipped to the North. Uh, North Korea, with its fantastic sponsorship of the show this season, uh, you don't want to be a rebel on the genius. You never know what's going to happen. So yeah, Jin Ho hopes uh, he'll be here next week. Um, he says he's he's a season one person. He is not a season two person. He insists, and I think that's fair. I think you can define people by the season in which they went the furthest. That's that's a fair way to do it, uh, with the exception yeah. of Hui Jong, I guess. Hui Jong is a season two person. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I, If you and when I think about it, I definitely think of Jin Ho as more of a season one person. Season two just is, you know, as we all know, the season of Sangmin, and Jin Ho is there. But he certainly, you know, in my mind, is the guy who, you know, made his mark on season one. So I'm happy to count him in the ranks of season one. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, Kumran uh, hits us with uh, with a major blindside because she watched season three. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. So that was the most striking comment to me. Did of she the, say it was season three of Genius, or she just watched season three? Like, did she watch season three of The Simpsons? Season three of Gilmore Girls. She just finished it on Netflix. So that was fantastic. I, I was pretty did Bob do the subtitle Gilmore Girls the other way? <laughs> in reverse. That's right. There's a, there are a whole bunch of people watching Daily Motion right now in Korea of just random American dramas. It's um, Gilmore Girls cast with Sangman and Jinho. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I don't speak any Korean. I would probably listen to that. I would at least watch them recording it. Yeah, um, maybe they could subtitle it back. Hey, they could subtitle our podcast, and no, they're not going to. No one's going to do that. No one wants yeah. to hear it. But to be fair, Gilmore Girls, shockingly good. It's a great show. You would enjoy it. Uh, I don't have time for for. I, I, I devote ninety minutes a week to uh, uh, South Korean reality celebrity uh, game show. I, I really can't justify any other shows. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm watching that South Korean celebrity reality game show. Come on. Who doesn't? Who doesn't say that in the summertime? <laughs> so uh, the, everyone's ragging on Hyunmin's overconfidence last week. Yep, yep. He he might have been a little overconfident. I it, it fits the Hyunmin characteristic here that he he would have thought that similar to season three, he was the only twosome with a, an actual plan. But sure enough, with three groups of people coming up with the same plan, the fact that Hyunmin was just greedy enough in round one totally screws him over, and he never saw it coming. Do you have any big thoughts on, on episode four? I mean, you, you weren't on the podcast last week. It's your I, podcast, but you weren't on the podcast. So I, so very quickly, I would say what stood out to me the most about episode four, and I, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit, is just the fact that the editing really made that into a fantastic episode. I take so much from the effort and the stylistic choices that the genius editors make, and I really wish that some of our favorite American strategy reality shows would take a cue. Like I, 
thinking through the way that Survivor episodes could be edited if they, you know, stuck with the idea of being willing to hide some information up front and reveal it later. I, I think that makes for much more entertaining television. And for this episode, it was extremely compelling because if you imagine if they told this story purely from start to finish, you would have lost out on a lot of the the drama that was in the episode since things were pretty much resolved by the end of round one. So kudos to the genius. Great job of editing and made for a very compelling story. And in retrospect, I've got to say, Himman made a bad choice. Even though he won, Lawyer Yusun turned out to be a fantastic competitor in Same Number Hunt. She was great. Uh, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, depending on your on your take, Himman's fast fingers saved the day for him. He is alive after, I've got to think, what was a, a much closer call than what he expected. Yeah, and that death match, I mean, really, once you have the board memorized, stop doing the math in your head before you buzz. Just buzz. Five seconds is a lot of time to figure out the math. So I, I don't know if they were doing that and the edit was just changing it up a little bit. But, I mean, just buzz and then do it. Does it really take a genius more than five seconds to, to do the math to get yeah. to 63 or you know whatever whatever number comes up? I don't, I don't think so. It, it definitely seemed like after the first few rounds, they were really – it was just a battle of the buzzer and him and just dominated that buzzer battle by the end. Sure. Well, Yunsan even requested turn the number vertically instead of horizontally because uh, he can see it first. And that's an advantage. It probably was a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. But it didn't – it wound up not mattering. That I will say to your point – Yeah. It, it looked like it made deal, the dealer lady a little grumpy. She did not seem too happy about getting called out. No, but you – Yunsun was right, and that was a fair request for her to make. I will say, in regard to what you were saying about the editing, um, I, I do I do wish Survivor would do a little more of that. I mean, we saw it when uh, Gary Hogaboom uh, found the, the first hidden immunity idol, and we found out at Tribal Council. But um, the, the the big difference is that, like, all of the genius, the whole episode is the game. So, you know, on Survivor, like, the challenges are part of it, and the strategy is part of it. And, you know, like, there's there's more different components to it more uh, more ingredients that make the stew i still agree that it would it would improve survivor but i think like survivor still works without those editing techniques whereas the genius would not work without it i i agree i think that for a show that is so built on blind sides that survivor is i'm happy to have more audience blind sides at tribal councils so something to think about i would love for them to both watch the genius and integrate some more pieces of genius editing into the, into survivor in the future I'd like them to just produce the genius in the United States, but that's another story. So let's get back to this episode. Uh, Kyung Hoon wants to take down Jin Ho, and normally when this somebody says something like this in the start of an episode, they're going to go to the death match or something, and, and uh, this is not about to anything. But it seemed like a harbinger, so into my notes it went. So here we go. The game today is Loyalists and Rebels. We're going to have six Loyalists and three Rebels. Uh, the, there's going to be 15 slots in each of two columns for numbers. Each round, uh, each player is going to go in and and pick a number to go in one of the two slots. Numbers must increase. You can't increase uh, the total number by more than one one digit. So you can't go from a one-digit number to a three-digit number. Uh, and you're given a choice of four numbers to choose from to make whatever number you're going to put in either A or B. And if the if the if both uh, columns, the final number is less than 1,000, then the loyalists win. If the final number is more than a thousand at any point, if either number hits four digits, then the rebels win. Um, however, even if the rebels win, the loyalists can counter and take the win back, essentially by correctly identifying two out of the three rebels. That's right. So, some aspects of the zombie game from season one, some aspects of the jury game from season three. Uh, a lot of familiar elements here, and I, I've got to say, just the game mechanics themselves felt. Uh, very much like they're structured for one of the rebels to defect. Like it, it really, I know Scott, you've got a, a foolproof strategy that you're going to you know, 
introduce in a bit. I didn't say foolproof because you still could wind up with Kyung Hoon on your team. Yeah, hey, nothing's foolproof when Kyung Hoon's around. But just hearing it for, you know, at first when I heard the rules, I was like, wow, I cannot imagine how this goes, assuming that uh, all three of these rebels can stay true. That seemed, yeah, I, that seemed extremely unlikely. I thought, what a, what a bad draw to get a rebel because it's it's such a prisoner's dilemma, right? Because you could hold out and not say anything, but if someone else says something, you're the one who's screwed. And if you want to go ahead and say something, you're safe, but you're condemning two specific people to the death match. So it's it's a really rough draw. It's uh, it's it's unfortunate to get it because if you can't figure out uh, my patented winning strategy, then what what are you going to do? I mean, we, we saw what wound up happening. Although, I guess, as we'll talk about in a minute, it doesn't help when you give the loyalist side all the information they need to figure out exactly what numbers are coming up. But Oh, oh that, that, that's my feeling on that. Well, we'll get to that. But so uh, everyone's picking their, their numbers. Uh, oh, and each round, each round we should add the, the players will elect a king, and the king will send two people to jail. Those people will not pick numbers for that round. And at the very end of the game, the players will vote for a final king. That king will get a, a token of life, and will get the chance to pick two final uh, rebels to determine if the if the loyalists win over a rebels win, like if they can counter win. So, right, and and you could have just renamed that to say that the the loyalists will elect a dongmin, and at the end of the game, dongmin will get a token of life because that was pretty much predetermined. Yeah, the loyalist side will elect one dongmin uh, in each round, and uh, actually they they elected Yunsung to be dongmin in a round that didn't mean anything, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, to be, just to be nice. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, as the players pick their uh, pick their cards, we see Dongmin gets uh, a loyalist card, which was kind of weird because it seems like part of the the tension we could have had in the episode would have been: Is Dongmin actually a rebel? Because it would have made a lot of sense, you know, if he's a rebel to take control of the game and to run everything and to, to tell everyone who the who the rebels are, you know, and to, to bluff his way through it, and and that would have been a, a really um, I think they could have built up the suspense with that a lot more. Like, is it Kyungran or is it Dongman? Like, who's the who's really the rebel here? I, I agree. I also think here's a question that I've been thinking about springing on you as we get to this podcast. What do you think Dongman would have done if he had drawn the rebel card? Same thing. Same exact thing. He's got. I, I don't know if I could have done that. I don't know if you could have done that. I don't know if any other player could have done that. Dongman could have done it. He could have gone up there with the same bombast, said, look, I've got the perfect strategy. Here's what we're going to do. And, and uh, I think he would have taken control. And again, if you, if you are a rebel and you want to win, one of the things you can do is make sure that you're the final king, right? So if yeah. you put yourself in a position to be the final king, it doesn't really matter what else is going on. It doesn't matter if your other two rebels have been identified. So long as you're the person who's going to be the final king, at that final moment, you can, you can play extreme ways and pick two loyalists to go in prison. And, and so I, I totally agree. I think that he essentially had no choice here because it would have looked the most incongruous mm-hmm. for Dongmin to not want to be the king. Yeah. So I think in either situation, he had to get up there and be like, all right, everybody, clearly I, am, I will be the king, and let's go starting from there. So and if they even had one... They didn't suspect him more. If they even had one confessional from like a Junsak saying, you know... Dongman could be a rebel and we're just we're just being marched to the gallows. You know, he could have said he could have said that and like, you know, you would have had enough, I think, for that plot line to take hold. But no, they show us Dongman's got a loyalist card, uh, which is good because he he was nervous and had to pee. So uh, we see all the players come out and, and I watched uh, I watched most of the main match a second time, which is fun in a game like this when you know that three people have a secret. Jung Moon comes out and she goes. I can rest easy now, which is the classic, like, weak is strong, strong is weak tell from, from poker, right? I'm not oh, a rebel, you guys. Oh, I'm definitely I'm not, not. Hey, look at this non-rebel right here. I'm totally yeah, fine. Kyung-hoon Kyung goes over and feels her cheeks. He goes, ah, they're flushed. She's flushed. She's a rebel. 
That was, oh, I, I loved, I, I, they even played the Sherlock theme under Kyung-hoon for a bunch of this. Inspector Kyung-hoon, it was great. Oh, big fan. I mean, I, I guess they're not giving him Dodo music, which is nice, but he's he's reaching, like, Jung-hoon-esque levels of, like, oh, I, I really hope he does well. Like, good for him. I, I wanted to see what other means <laughs> of detection he was going to come up with. Like, all right, I gave Jun-sak a wet willy, and it was slightly warmer in there than I expected. Definite rebel. Uh, I can smell fear in Kyungran's flatulence, so I'm pretty sure she's a loyalist. Confirmed. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, let's see. uh, Jinho and Dongmin uh, tell everyone, uh, you can't leave the table. Yunsung, always uh, curious what happens if he has diarrhea. And we are told, no, no, just, uh, just... have an accident. So that, yeah, that was hey, he's a, he's a medical professional. He's asking the important questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hey, he's seen it happen before. So you, you can't take any chances with these sorts of things. No, leave the table and you're marked. Uh, so, uh, the, the plan is, uh, uh, I believe came up with the save the, the traitor plan that essentially if one of the rebels will just, uh, defect and tell everyone they're a rebel and who the other two rebels are and give the win to the loyalists, then the loyalists can guarantee they'll go over, uh, over a thousand, thereby giving them the chance to identify the two other rebels. They'll pick the two other rebels and therefore essentially making immune the rebel who, who turns, which is what you said about why, why this game seems like it was created for one person to become a traitor. Uh, but of course, as is quickly pointed out, if you're a rebel, you could also announce yourself and name two loyalists as rebels or one loyalist and one rebel as rebels to try to, to make sure the wrong two people are picked in the final round. Yeah, and you'd have to be suspicious of that no matter what, because you've got to figure that if one of the rebels defects, the other two people that he or she names will, no matter what, protest immediately. So it, just because of the way this episode worked out, like sort of all of those plans were foiled, but you would think that it'd be just a perfectly acceptable strategy to defect and then just name the two most suspicious non-rebels immediately. Yeah, what I would do is I would, um, uh, I guess if you were going to go with the strategy, which I wouldn't, I don't think, but if you're a rebel and you're going to go with this, uh, you say, hey, all right, I'll take you up on the offer. And then you look around the room and you find the the rebel who looks the most terrified of you and you find the loyalist who looks like the most, like maybe they're terrified too. And you name those two people. So you go, hey, um, I'm, I'm going to name the two rebels. It's, and then you look over and Jung Moon has just wet herself. All right, Jung Moon is one of them. And the other one is, and you see that uh, Dr. Eyebrows, so are, eyebrows are shaking and, and he's stuttering and, and Kyung-hoon's making notes. You say, and Yun-sung, he's the other one. He's, he's the other rebel. It's these two. Um, and, and then, you know, Kyung-ran like slinks off like, oh, all right, cool. That's good. We're good. So I, I imagine that this is what the show Crime Scene is like, the other show that Bum Diddley Umptious also subtitles. I've never seen it, but my impression is that it's about the exact same thing as this, basically just sort of spotting the killer. Yeah, in, in a given game. So, first of all, Dongmin and Jinho are both on that show. So, uh, Dongmin's skills were clear here. I would have expected a little bit more from Jinho there, um, but but also that huge advantage for those guys. They do this all the time. They have like twelve or twenty-four or thirty-six, however many episodes there have been of that show. You know, turns through a game just like this. So, huge advantage for those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, I haven't watched that show either, but uh, yeah, maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe I'm watching too much South Korean reality celebrity game shows already. I don't know. That's right. So, first Gilmore Girls, second Crime Scene. There we go. <laughs> There's your summary. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, 
uh, yeah, uh, Kyung Hoon's Rebel Report. We get his first uh, analysis of what's going on. Uh, Jung Moon, he says she, she's a rebel. Uh, Yun Sung, he's a rebel. And Jun Sayak, yep, him too. So uh, we get the one out of three, which I'm sure if you ask Kyung Hoon, he'd say, look, I got, I got one of them. You know, I was right. I got one of them. But if you're picking out of, uh, out of a pool of, uh, what, eight other people at this point, and you're only getting one out of three, you're, you're actually firing below average. So not so great. Pretty bad, but hey, baseball is decently big in Korea, and that's a three thirty three batting average. That'll put you in the Hall of Fame. Good job, K Hound. Uh, he uh, he he winds up picking one for the first number. He's drawn the first position. He picks one, uh, so he is uh, trying to set himself up as being a loyalist. His numbers are one four one five, and we get our first suspicion that this is in fact a sequence that is uh, that that some of us know quite well. Yeah, I. I don't know quite how obvious that was because it's sort of the reveal happens almost immediately because it's guessed before the numbers even come out. But I wonder, had they not mentioned that, had had, I think it's John Sayak, had no one put that thought into people's heads, how long would it have taken for folks to put together that we're looking at the digits of pi? I don't know. I feel like, well, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to know because we're, we were kind of spoiled on it. But uh, I think most people who, who go through math long enough, like – I feel like it's it'll seem familiar through the first two turns. I mean, that doesn't help because if you don't know more than you know, if I, I off the top of my head, I could give you, uh, I could consistently give you the first three digits after the decimal point. You know, beyond that, I may, maybe there are some people who use it a lot more, and it's like a more common thing that someone might know eight digits or ten digits or fifteen digits of pi. Uh, I don't think it's that common, but may, maybe. But knowing a hundred digits, like what are the odds you got someone in the room who knows the first hundred digits after the decimal point? Yeah, I've got to think it's super low. I th- this has come up with a friend of mine who is a math PhD, and I know that he knows the first ten digits. So, and he he has reason to know it. So I would say it was a total shot in the dark that Jung Moon was going to know that much of pi. Yeah, I think like twenty-two over seven, right? Isn't that a pretty close approximation? Now I gotta, I gotta figure this out. It's close, but the decimals would be wrong very quickly. I think it would be correct for like the first four or five decimal places. Hey Siri, what's twenty-two divided by seven? Let's see what she says. Twenty-two divided by seven, three point one four two eight. Yeah, we're already off. So all right, all right, cool. Or maybe Siri just got it wrong. Yeah, so I have a calculator on my computer where you can just type in pi and it'll, it'll spit it out for you. Even the computer gets tired after 8, 12, 16, about 24 decimal places. Yeah, so I'm looking for the Jung Moon app for my, for my phone. I think that'll yeah. help me a lot with my geometric calculations. Oh, it's good for lots of things. It's not so good for doing all of your hairstyles, but other than that, pretty good. It's also not great if you need to trust an app to not betray you to the other apps. Mm-hmm. So speaking of this a little further, right, so we find out it's pi. And Jung Moon is just so excited that she knows Pi that she doesn't even think through the implications of what she's going about to do. Because we've got plenty more to talk about here, but really, as soon as she both announces to the group that she knows Pi to that many decimal places, and that she then confirms it by writing it down for everybody, oh, she has given herself quite an uphill battle, or at least she's given all the Rebels as a team an incredibly difficult battle to see this game as a win. Because you're... It's really easy to, to earn credit for helping the team without really helping the team. You say, hey, oh, I know 20 digits. Okay, well, that doesn't really help. I mean, that's five people. And after that, it's all up in the air. So, you know, the, the first thing is just know 20 digits. And then if you know 20 digits, you know what else happens? Something that I think most people probably didn't notice the first time they watched this. She says that she knows uh, 100 digits of pi, and she can write them down. And Yuyun says to her, go find a place to sit. <laughs> 
get out. Why don't you leave the group? That was Yuyun who suggested that. He said, go leave the, go in the other room and write it down. And then we can come in one at a time and talk to you. Uh, and then no one else will know who's talking to you or what they're saying so that we can have secret conversations because you know pie. So his, his first instinct isn't, oh, I'm going to wring your neck. His first instinct is, you know, okay, this is really stupid. I mean, we don't know he thought that, but I think he probably thought that. This is really stupid of you, but let's turn this into a positive. Let's isolate you, and then maybe we can have a little bit of private conversation time. That's right, and, and he knows she's a rebel at this point. So I think he – We didn't some... see that. We didn't see when the rebels found out who the rebels were, but ostensibly they all just went back in the in the dealer room again for you know a set amount of time for 30 seconds each, and uh, the three rebels were shown the identities of the other rebels. But we didn't actually get to see that part of it, so uh, we're not really sure how that went down. But yeah, they, they I believe they already know uh, who the other rebels are at that point. Yeah, I think we got one hint as to it, which is I think they told them what colors the rebels would be wearing, so I'm guessing that they might have done something like – um, when you find out you're a rebel, they give you a specific color for your number and they say the other rebels are going to be wearing white and orange or something. Uh, like that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But so, so assuming that he knows at that moment, I think that was some great quick thinking by you, Yen. I, nothing works out well for him this episode or in several others, but good job. It was a good thought. Jung Moon just had to tell everybody and prove that she knew a hundred digits of pie. Of yeah. pie. So whoops. Oops, sorry. Oops, I cost my team the win. But that's okay, because I got out of it. I guess that's the Sangman spot, isn't it? Oh, totally. I think if, if this is Sangman, Sangman is defecting with joy almost immediately if he's one of the rebels. He's yeah, no, not immediately with like, joy, because that, that takes the suspense out of it. Oh, I think right. he's he waiting and he's doing it. He knows good TV. Yeah, so that, that's true. He probably waits it out. Um, so, uh, Yu Yun, uh, is then writing a note to someone. He won't let Kyung Hoon see the paper. Uh, Kyung Hoon would really like to see the paper. And now we're all suspicious of Yu Yun because really what's he writing other than secret rebel messages to other rebels? Yeah. I was trying to think this out. Is he trying to like come up with probabilities of certain number draws? Knowing Yu Yun, I, I imagine he's doing yeah, something but, along those but lines. But even if he is, even if he is, he would show the paper. Right. There's like, what is he writing that he can't share with Kyung Hoon? Uh, the, the, I, there's no, there's no answer to that. I mean, that's, that's it. That's game over uh, for, for Yu Yun at that point. Like that was really stupid. And again, on the rewatch, the first time I watched it, I noticed that he was writing, he was standing next to like, Kyung Ran, which we'll talk about later, but that killed a lot of the late episode suspense for me. But at the same time, uh, next to Kyung Ran, looking over her shoulder is Jung Moon. So it's the three rebels standing there strategizing while pretending to talk about something else. It was, uh, uh, again, one of those things you catch on the second watch that, that huh. there's the rebels and there's K-Hound coming, uh, peeing their Cheerios. Yeah. I didn't notice that he, he's going over with his, uh, cheek flushness hand detectors and getting all up in everybody's business and just his deer stalker cap. Yeah, absolutely. Completely blowing things up for you. Yeah. So yeah, he got you on there and, uh, that's really too bad. Um, what, what, what are you going to do? So uh, King Dongmin, Dongmin imprisons Jinho and Kyungran at the end of the first round. Uh, Jinho, who he's pretty sure is not a rebel, and Kyungran, who he thinks is, and he tells her, hey, if you're a rebel, tell Jinho. Let him know. Which really, I think at that point, if I'm Kyungran, I'm pretty spooked that Dongmin knows. And uh, I'm, I'm probably going to tell my buddy Jinho, like, all right, all right, can you save me? Can we do this? Like that yeah. maybe is it for her. So uh, let's talk about this for a bit because I think this is an incredibly important thing in the episode that pretty much determines who's going to go to the death match from square one. So the fact that Dongmin put that offer there meant that he was really off the hook. Kyungran has, has been his ally for pretty much the entire season, and mm-hmm. he gives her an out 
which is he he feels pretty confident she's one of the rebels. He says, look, we will save, by saying that, he's saying, we will save you. You are going to have to defect, though. That is going to be your out. You're still part of our team, but you have to do that. Yeah. And at that point, it's on her. And the fact that she is not willing to do that means that when we get to the end of the episode and it comes down to who is he going to choose as the last person to send to jail, it, it was pretty much predetermined. Like, he, he has to choose her at that point because he gave her her opportunity and she didn't take it. So it ends up being the safe option for him as we get a little further down the line. Well, it's also safe for him at that point because he's already got immunity. So he, he doesn't have the same uh, the same motivation as the other players on the Loyalist team to just get Jungmoon in there and guarantee the win. You know, if he's, if he's wrong, if the, if the 0.001% chance comes through and he's wrong, it's not his ass on the line. But, again, we'll get to that later uh, later as well. So Jinho and Kingran are sent into uh, the lockup. Uh, Jinho is brought his last meal by Warden Kehound which was pretty fun and it looked good. I don't know what he was eating, but it looked, it looked pretty good. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed both the random eating during the show and the fact that they brought an actual jail cell to our genius set for this week. I mean, not a real world jail cell, but I love that the, I love that nice touch. I liked having everybody physically isolated away from the team. Good. Stuff. Yeah, it was, it was good. And it, it served its purpose. Uh, so we, uh, we get to round two. Um, oh, I think we, we also skipped over Jung Moon, uh, telling everyone, Hey, uh, this is worth a lot, huh? I should be the final King. Oof. Oof. Did that, that set off bells in your head too? Yeah, it did. Yeah. I, I've got to say, I was also getting random bells set off by Junsock as that was happening though. So I, I didn't purely have my sights set on her, but I certainly, as soon as I heard those words, was like, Oh God, don't tell me that you just gave them all the digits of pie and you're a rebel. Cause that's even dumber than what I would have imagined. Yeah, um, Jumsack only only uh, made me wonder when he said, like, hey, we should make a deal that, like, if one of the rebels wants to come forward, we'll keep them safe. I thought the next the next sentence might have been, like, because I'm a rebel, so let's keep me safe. So for me, there was that. There was also the fact that he was saying, hey, let's let's choose the king by, like, rock, group paper, scissors. Yeah, by rock, paper, scissors. Like, let, let, let's add some randomness to it. There were a couple things that he threw in there where I was just like, why are you saying that? If you are one of the loyalists, these are just weird things that you're throwing out there to, if anything, just throw people in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, I, I did not ultimately suspect him. There was a short period where I thought Yun-Sung could have been. But when I saw uh, – when Yu Yun was writing the notes to Kyung Ran, I was like, all right, well, that's probably two of them. And I already had Jung Moon pegged. The only thing that didn't fit was like, what, why in the world would a rebel give them pie? Like, why, why are you doing that? That was the only thing that didn't fit. If she had given them 20 digits or she had not given them pie, like, then it's like, all right, well, it's Jung Moon. But why, why are you giving them 100 digits of pie? What are you thinking? What are you doing? So that was the only thing that kind of threw me off her trail a little bit. But, yeah, yeah I didn't and, think there was particularly great acting uh, until later in the episode by, by Kieran. I thought she did, she did okay pleading her case. But just because Yu Yun was writing the note to her, uh, it, it – I, I was pretty certain that she had to be a rebel. It just didn't make sense. What other note is he writing that he can't let people see that, that he's writing to her? What, what else could it be but that they're two of the rebels? It just says, here's where the whole cast minus Kyung Hoon is going to dinner tonight. Pass it along. Don't give it to Kyung Hoon. I guess that's plausible. But at the same time, then you could be like, hey, all right, then uh, Dongman, you look at this paper. You, you take a look. He's like, oh, yep, that's where we're going. Yep. Yep. That's yep, definitely a thing that we're not showing to him. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go. Nope, nope. Sangman Hyung is coming. He's taking your place. So. <laughs> that, that's right. Exactly. Sangman's coming. He's driving the van. He's going to meet us there. He doesn't want to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not too far from the river, so he just has a short little drive. Uh, so, yeah, uh, 
Dongman uh, announces that he's about 90% certain on... Oh, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. He announces 90% certainty on Gingran after Yuyan puts uh, puts 99 points on B, which uh, kind of exposed himself. But in, in, in his defense, he'd already been outed at that point as he said, look, this is my only chance. I'm going to jail next round. They know that I'm a rebel. I just got to put in the biggest number I can. And the biggest number he could at that point was only 99 because he was he was going on top of a nine. He could only extend the number to two digits. That's right. And so speaking of things that people who live in vans near the river do, Yu Yun exposes himself. And <laughs> almost immediately, I, I'm thinking to myself, boy, it is now even harder for the rebels to pull this one off. Because with one person clearly pegged, uh, the challenge is that much greater, and it, it seems that much more likely now that someone is going to defect in the other slot, because as soon as you know two, it is game over in one direction or another. So, okay, so let's let's talk I, about I add that let's, to the tally. Let's talk about what uh, what the rebels should have done here. The, the first thing is um, that in an ideal world, Jung Moon is the one who pops the number. Right, she's the one who who pops the number. If uh, Yu Yun isn't suspected, if he's not going to be going to jail anyway, uh, you want you want Jung Moon to be the one because she's going later in the round. You want to pop the number from a two digit number to a three digit number, not from a one digit number to a two digit number. That's just not enough certainty that the group's going to wind up going over. But Correct. That aside, I'm Jung Moon. I just literally am drawing when I'm drawing out pi. I'm just putting lines every four, and I'm counting which one are which ones are my positions. Yep. And let me change the numbers in the sequence yep. on those positions to things that will help the rebels. For it mine, blows, blows my mind. The three rebels, right? So yeah. if, the, if the rebel numbers are going to be, uh, let's let's just say hypothetically for the let's say the third round and the numbers that are in are one on A and two on B. If you know that the numbers coming up are going to be two three two three, or uh, if you know the numbers coming up are going to be like two three seven eight, you know you want to change them to like seven eight eight nine or like yeah. one seven seven, eight or something, you know, just something where the, the lowest number that you could put is higher than, you know, it's, it wouldn't necessarily attract suspicion because everyone else is seeing the correct numbers. Exactly. So leave it alone for the first, you know, four or five sequences where there's any chance that anyone else has that many digits of pi memorized and then just blow it out. You know where your folks are coming up in the order, give them fake numbers, go to town. Just slightly fake, and give them fake numbers that force, uh, especially that force the next person to go uh, much higher. So, for example, instead of going five and then the rebel goes six and the next person goes seven, if you can go five and then seven, maybe the next person's next best number is going to be ten, just based on the numbers that they have available. So, uh, you have to you have to consider that as well. And I, I think that was a big opportunity to really uh, give the rebels an advantage that you're proving your worth, you're proving you can be trusted with these numbers, and you're just you're just giving everybody else uh, – uh, you're just giving uh, the wrong numbers for, for the Rebels and letting them wreak a little havoc. So, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think it would have taken uh, too much to, to succeed at that. Yeah, so that's another missed opportunity. So, uh, so Yu Yun has exposed himself. Uh, he comes in. He says, well, my numbers were 9999. But, you know, what else are you going to say? I enjoyed that. I thought that was great. I, I got to give him credit for trying. <laughs> I got to kick out of that, too. Even though the, the number at the time for A was 8. So even if it was 9999, he could have put a 9 in A. But, you know, again, I don't, you know, don't want, he wasn't expecting people to take him <laughs> like, seriously. Hey, guys, what are you, you going to do? 9999. <laughs> Tough luck. So, uh, yeah, uh, Dongmin's uh, intuition is is quite sharp. He he already was pretty sure about Yuyan. He left him. He let him stick around for too long. But he's ninety percent on Kyungran, and then he also tells Jung Moon, "Guess what? I know you are too, because you wanted to be the final king." Yeah, super impressive. I mean, not that there weren't opportunities here, but again, super impressive from Dongmin that he feels that certain about it to pretty much you know go all in, putting the pressure on her. 
Uh, and it, it absolutely pays off. She folds immediately. I was going to say cheaper than a, what is it, quicker than a cheap card table, but who, need, who needs that analogy? She folds well, No, a cheap right card away. table, you can't get the legs folded. They stay up, and then you, you stuck That's true. It, it takes a while to fold a cheap card table because you got to fuss with it. You might have to kick the leg in a little bit. you got to push the thing in. you got to push yeah, in they, the... The uh, hinge gets bent. So it's a big pain. Yeah. It's a mess. And then one of them, one of them doesn't stay up, but the other three do stay up. So you got to put whatever's heavy in the one corner of the table. But oh. And then it's a little uneven. You got to put a book under a corner. So the thing rips. She, folded, the rips the... she folded quicker than a quality constructed card table. A really solid, well-oiled hinges card table. Yeah, that's very nice. I like when we have a nice analogy. Yeah, that's a good one. Smooth. That's nice. Um, so yeah, she, she, all right, all right, all right, fine. Yep. And you got the right two people. It's definitely, definitely it's Yu Yun and Kim Ran. Don't even worry about it. Don't ask any questions. It's those two. By the way, can I be the last king? Yeah. I, so you got to think here, like, what, what is going on? What's happening with Jungle? She doesn't even try throwing fake people out there. Yeah. You have to think, you have to think to yourself, ah. What, what is this? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, shouldn't it be suspicious that it's not that suspicious? Or maybe that's too many levels. But, uh, yeah, like, she's, she's, all right, yep, all right, fine. Just keep me safe, all right? We're good. I'm safe. Everything happy. It's those two. All right, thank you. Oh, it also just, it reminded me of, uh, so I do a lot of negotiation stuff, and there, there's a book about female negotiators called Women Don't Ask. And I give her credit for asking. She put out there, can I be the last king? But again, she gave up on that real fast. She was just, she just said, nope, okay, here you go. Here's all the information. Game over. Let's wrap it up. Yep. Yep. All right. We're good here. So, yeah. Um, and, and sure enough, the, the game has ended. Uh, the, uh, the loyalists deliberately go over so that they can impound Kyungran and Yuyun and send them to the death match. There's some, there's some debate over whether Dongmin should do that or he should send uh, the two that they are certain about, Yuyun and Jungmoon, uh, because they're only 99.9% sure about King Ran. But again, he has nothing to lose. He's already got the token of life, so he can go ahead with his promise to Jungmoon, and there's really no, no uh, backlash for him if he's wrong. So uh, there you go. Boom. Got it. Nailed it. Right, and, and as we were saying, I think he made the right choice. I, that, that's what I would have done if I were Dongmin, too. Stick with what you've already promised. Don't make anyone else upset. Just go with it. So I, I do want to talk about my perfect winning strategy thing. Um, not perfect again, but my, my after, strong strategy. Before that, I want to get some... After questions. this commercial break for, for TVN, are we doing the tease or are we going straight to it? Yeah, well, we had some uh, some questions uh, on the Facebook Genius Group. Uh, oh, look at that. Look at that tease. Go for it. We should also probably put up question threads on Reddit, on the on uh, Reddit slash r slash the genius, I think is, it is, let's, right? Let's do it. Next week around, get ready for question threads. Yeah, I think it's okay. We're listed on the, the genius resources um, along with Dom and Colin and Bob Diddleumptious, which is, uh, you know, um, I'm honored. So, I was going to say, it's an honor. Let's get some questions here. Uh, Umberto, Daniel, Urushia, Camargo, and I'm, I'm just going to leave off his last seven or eight surnames okay. so that we can uh, get to the question. New American Umberto. Congrats, Umberto. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Congrats, Umberto. If Jung Moon would have thrown uh, Dr. Yonsung under the bus alongside with Kyung Ran, almost convincing everyone she wasn't a rebel, who goes to the death match? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. If, if Yonsung winds up in the, in the chamber of, of the, in the, in the prison with Yu Yun, uh, what winds up happening? Who goes to the death match? Well, I think, uh, I suspect that, uh, probably Yonsung does not go because he'd be protesting his innocence and everybody would feel guilty that they didn't listen to him. So he's safe. Dongmin is safe. 
uh, in this alternate reality, uh, the three rebels are, are all safe. That's Yu Yun, King Ren, and Jung Moon. So we're only left with uh, with Jin Ho, Jun Seok, um, uh, Hyun Min, and other person. Who else? Who am I forgetting? Who's for? Oh, and Kyung Hoon. Yeah. There we go. So who's going? Kyung Hoon's going. He's one of them because they don't so, take him seriously. And, and at that point, so how does this work now? They. Do they only the get rebels are going to pick? They're going to pick someone, one out of the five. So they're not going to pick Yun Sung. They can't yeah. pick Dongmin. So it's got to be Kyung Hoon, Jun Seok, Jin Ho, or uh, or Hyun Min. I think they're picking Jin Ho. I was going to say I think they pick Jin, Jin Ho or Hyun Min. Wait, so. you know what? No, no, I take that back because I don't. I think Jung Moon and Kyung Ran are probably going to protect them. So uh, oh, probably not. Right. Yeah. Well, I would think that no matter what, Hyun Yun is going to be pushing for them to send somebody good. So I would imagine he's going to be saying like send Hyun Jin Ho or send Hyun Min. Yeah, I think and- it's probably Hyun Min. Yeah, Hyunmin might go then in that case because he doesn't have a ton of protection within that. Case. And he's picking, well, I'd say I'd say Kyunghoon, but um, you know, I, I actually think he picks Doctor Yunsun. I think he hinted at that last week that that would be. Well, he said that or Junsak, so I'm thinking maybe Junsak again. I just I don't think they'd pick Yunsung in that scenario because uh, they would have felt like they really wronged Yunsung by by naming him a uh, uh, rebel mm-hmm. when he wasn't, and again he would have been protesting and, and really making a fuss. So True. I think probably he's not getting picked. So. Uh, all right, so let's say it's Hyunmin and Jun Seok. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think probably those two. Uh, it's not it's, no, it's not a certainty. Uh, it's always very appealing to send uh, to send to take uh, Kyunghoon with you. Although again, I think Kyunghoon might be strong in death matches. I don't know that I want to face him. He's certainly unpredictable, as Sangman found out. That he he's not necessarily going to take the most rational step. So it's 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 he's unpredictable. Which is he's definitely unpredictable. Tough. I think he's clearly a pretty smart guy, and especially in a in a one on one situation, I. I give him a chance, but I, I still guess, boy, oh boy, if, if it's him, if it's Jun Seok, uh, neither one of them would be a good option. I, I might go with Kyung Hoon over Jun Seok if I'm Kyung Min and, and have to choose. Yeah, and uh, Umberto also asked, what, what do we think about Dong Min's Sophie's choice in deciding to save Jung Moon instead of Kyung Ran, who's been his closest ally since week one? Yeah, well, we we've uh, we talked about that. Like you said, Dong Min gave Kyung Ran the out. He said, look, just tell Jin Ho. Like they, he was happy to save her, but she didn't take that opportunity. And eventually, he just he had to take uh, the deal with Jung Moon because he offered it, and he didn't want to go back on his word. And he also had no risk in this episode. And as we've seen on The Genius, if you betray someone in one episode, the next episode, they're your best friend and you're working together. So he just didn't have that much on the line i i really um I, I don't i think if you're dongman i think that is the right choice at that point plus it puts two stronger competitors in the death match i mean i uh jung moon is she's uh, she seems to be uh, a brilliant person but i think she's not a very good genius player and she's the one i'd rather have in the game longer than one of either yuyan or kyungran i'd rather have one of the two better players taken out i guess i'd much prefer it be yuyan because uh, if I'm Dongman, I've been working with King Ran, and she's been a good ally. But in any case, those two are far more likely to, to challenge you later on in the season. So, yeah, I, I do think Dongman made the right choice, as he so often does on the Genius. And, uh, and he got that one right. I agree completely. I think that it actually ended up being a pretty easy decision for him. That once he had given King Ran the out, Kyung fans rejoice. She had a chance to save herself. She chose not to take it. So he had to maintain his uh, the image that he's trying to uphold, which is that if he offers you a deal, he sticks with those deals. So he, he's got to maintain that image, got to stick with it, and I, I think he did exactly what he should have done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there we go. And the other question, I just want to hear about your foolproof rebel plan. Okay, so should I get to this? Have Let's I do it. it enough? Oh, it's ready. All right, after this brief message for TVN. <laughs> That's a content trend leader, TVN. 
All right, so uh, here, here's here's the plan. And again, this is not necessarily something that is easy to come up with in the very short amount of time that the Rebels have. Uh, and I also would have liked to have seen the show give the Rebels time to talk to each other, where every every player after they get their assignment has to go to a separate isolated place somewhere on the set or off the set or whatever, and then the three Rebels are secretly brought in and have five minutes to talk to each other about what their plan is going to be. I think that would have been a real friendly touch for the Rebels in a game that seems so slanted against just getting that horrible draw of being a Rebel. But the plan the plan is, this is what you do, the the Rebels are loyalists. You think like a loyalist, you are a loyalist. Don't think about Rebels. Don't think about doing any Rebel things. You're just a loyalist. Forget what your card says. And then the first Rebel with the chance to go to three digits picks the highest three-digit number they can. So once the group gets up to 10 or 11 or whatever, you're a Rebel. You've got your, you've got your turn. You pick the highest number you can. Hopefully it's something in the 900s. Hopefully somewhere around turn six or seven, you can pop the number all the way up to to. 874 or something, you know, something that it's, it's going to be really hard with, with eight turns left that you're going to get enough numbers between that and a thousand that the, that the loyalists can win. Um, it just takes so one, it just takes play, one turn. It's just one turn. Play loyal. Let somebody get it to two double digits and then it is fair game. Just blow yeah, it up. Then the first, the deal is the first rebel who has a choice to make it three digits, makes it as high in the three digits as they can. You pop it as high up as you can. Um, everyone knows you're a rebel. And, and there's not much you can do about that. So it is a risk because you're, you're definitely going to dip to the death match. If they guess the other, if they guess another rebel, the loyalists can correctly guess another rebel. But at the same time, if the other rebels have been behaving like loyalists, if they've convinced themselves that they are loyalists as per this plan, then there's no reason to suspect them. There's, there's no, you know, there's, they're not trying to pop the numbers themselves. They're playing perfect loyalist strategy ostensibly. They're not going off and, and talking to people secretly. They're not writing notes to each other. This is just one quick little instruction you can mention to someone in passing. Um, and, and there's no reason to suspect any one person over another. So this strategy gives you an almost certain lock that the number's going to go over 1,000. And at that I, point, I it's, think just, that makes a lot just one in four, it's just one in four that the loyalists can identify one of the other two rebels who has been acting like a loyalist. So there's no reason to suspect anybody. So you're, you're giving yourself, again, if you can do this correctly, if you get a team uh, where the, the two other rebels can convince themselves that they're loyalists, you've got a 75% chance that the rebel team is going to win. And I think one of the keys to that is if you had some time to strategize ahead of time, it would be truly just to tell anyone who's nervous, just say, you don't have to look for any outs. You don't have to look for anything complicated. Truly just play it like you're a loyalist. Do what, yep, exactly what you would do to win. And, don't, and then you get, won't you're the first person in there. Yep. yep. If you're the if you're the first one of us in there after we get to double digits, you make as big a number as you legally can and you get sent to jail and we're not betraying each other. We're going to win the game and we're just going to everyone else is going to you know, we're going to follow everyone's lead. We're going to be as angry and upset at you as everyone else is and they're not going to know. They're going to have a one in four chance of guessing that, that one of the other two of us is one of the one of the rebels. We're not going to say anything stupid like I deserve to be final king for this. We're not going to give them the digits of pi. We're not going to do anything that that explicitly helps them but we're going to we're going to behave like loyalists and we're going to we're, we're just we're going to blend in and one of us will make a will make a strong move and that's it so to, to that extent you had the right idea of, of popping it when he did the problem was that the other two rebels weren't acting like they were loyalists they were acting like they were really nervous that's right and, and it was a killer to have to pop it from one digit to two digits because at that point no one can do, make the jump from two to three without you having exactly two rebels identified 
Right. So I, I agree with you. Like, I think he, what he did was, was the right thing. It's just, it's a shame that it didn't happen for him once they'd already gotten that hump. And they he were, got a really bad draw. If he'd drawn a, a higher ball for the second round, if he'd been the fifth to go or the sixth to go, then he, he could have done it. He could have made the number really, really high. Or even if, I mean, think about it. If the number had been 10 when he got in there, there were two nines in his number, right? Yeah. He could have gone with what, 996 or something. He could have really picked a very high number. If there, one of the two, one of the two uh, columns had been at 10, he could have done that. He could have guaranteed the win at that point. Yeah. And, and, and that's really the rub, he right? He doesn't so, turn, right? So, so that, that's the rub, the way the, this game is set up. It's that as long as you can play it cool, uh, there's going to be an easy opportunity to go from two digits to three digits and have a very high three digit number in there. And then you pretty much got the game. Look at how little strategizing this takes, right? You don't have to be writing long notes to each other. Like, really, once Jungmoon is in the room by yourself, you can tell her the plan and tell her to tell Qumran the plan. Like, again, I'm, I guess I'm putting myself in Yoo shoes here because he's the one who came closest to enacting this plan. That you tell Jungmoon, you know, hey, here's, here's the plan. We're, we're loyalists, and just whoever's the first to get a chance to put in a big three-digit number is going to do it, and that's it. And other than that, we do everything a loyalist would do, and there's no reason to suspect us. She can pass that along to Qumran, and you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think a lot of and speaking a lot. What was that? I, I just got a little a little noise. You okay? Oh, I no, I'm in I'm in the city, so I think that was a car honking in the on the street or something like that. Oh, um, cool. They've got cars yeah. in your city. We do, believe it or not. That's here in uh, here in Woodland, Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, that's all right. I think um, isn't there a model named that? Is that where the city's named from? That's Brooklyn Decker. That's right. She had her her uh, her settlement here in the in New York State. It's lovely. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the plan. I mean, that's really, you know, again, there's no certainties in the genius, but that plan, if executed correctly, gives you a 75% chance of winning as a rebel. And I think it's a very strong plan. I, I think that that um, you can put, you can put the game in a, in a position where the number going over is almost a certainty and where the other players are unlikely to know who the other rebel is. Um, and there's one other thing, one other thing that the rebels could have done in this episode that I didn't see them try. Maybe they did try it. I don't think they did because, uh, and, and really Yuyun should have done this because when he knows that Dongmin is either picking Qumran or, or Jungmoon to go in that other seat, he knows the game's over. Like he knows he's going to the death match. He shouldn't really care that much if he's playing Qumran or Jungmoon. I mean, he doesn't have reason to think either one of them is particularly better than the other at the death match. Why not say to Dongmin, Hey, you got us. I have eight garnets because he had the most garnets than anybody. I have eight. Kiran has seven. We will give you 15 garnets. Don't send us to the deathmatch. That's it. Just don't send us. Look at all these garnets we have for you. 15. So What's Jungmoon at, giving you? After Dongmin has been named final king. Once he's been named final leader. Yeah, yeah. Once he's yeah. safe. Yep. Just make that offer. Hey, look. Here, here's the deal. 15 garnets for you. You'll be in first place by a landslide. So how about that deal? You like that deal? It's a good deal. You should take the deal. How about this that, deal? That could work. In fact, it could work with Dongmin. I, I mean... Clearly, Sangman was able to get him to be willing to, to betray the group. It could work with anybody. That's a ton yeah. of garnets. That's twice as many as anybody else at that. So I was going to say, I think it definitely works with almost anyone else, and I think it most likely works with Dongmin. If anyone's going to say no to it, though, I could see Dongmin saying no to it just because he maybe, is all about maybe, maybe. Uh, I honor when he has no a team to and choose a strategy. I could see I could see Jinho saying no, but like again, like that's part of the bad luck, I guess, or maybe it's part of why Dongmin is always the leader because uh, people trust him. But you know, if Jun Seok is the final king, is he turning down oh, fifteen garnets? Oh, no. definitely not. He's probably saying no. that to the group. Actually, he probably puts that out there first before anything else happens. Honestly, if I'm if I'm uh, one of the rebels and and Jun Seok is the final king, I'm I'm starting low. Hey, you want two garnets? We'll each give you one. <laughs> that's right. Here here's a here here's one garnet total. Uh, you're better off than you were before. 
game bot. Let's do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't try that, or if they did, why they didn't show it. It would have been good TV. I, I presume they didn't try it. They should have. Try everything. Don't go to the death match. The whole point of the game is don't go to the death match. As we saw, sure, there's a garnet match coming up, but as we saw in season two, you you don't need to have a ton of garnets throughout the whole season to make it to the end of the game. You do, you don't have to. You don't need them. You don't need them. In fact, in season two, it was the player who had very few the whole time who went into the finals with the garnet lead. So. Right, there you yeah, go. especially Hugh Young. You would have think he could have given this a shot. I, I know he doesn't have many garnets to begin with, but why no, not he did. He did. Yu Young had eight. He was leading the pack at the start of the did, episode. Did he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's been sort of uh, behind the scenes, just collecting them along the way. Yeah. So Hugh Young by himself could have done it and made a pretty strong offer. It's true. Yeah. Um, so again, who knows what would have worked? And I think Dongman also understands that having fifteen extra garnets is nice, and it would have been great for him next week. I mean, with a garnet match coming up, he would have been. Uh, he would have been doing wonderful, but he also understands certainly that that's not what it, what you need, you know, that, that you can win without that. It's not as huge an advantage as it seems. So I don't know, but again, with, with Garnet matches, it changes the equation. It does. And it, it will come up sooner rather than later. So, uh, Kugran and Yuyun are going to the death match. It's time to eliminate some games. Now, they, they, I believe this is the first time they did this with the game eliminations. Maybe it was because it, there wasn't one loser who picked uh, a person to go with them. But Yuyun got to exclude the first game, and then Kugran excluded two, and then Yuyun excluded one more. So Right, Yuyun and I think that was why, because the two of them, it's not that one chose the others, that they were both in no matter what. Right. So Yuyun excludes Gilhap. Kugran excludes, well, that's a lot of honking. Some big honkers. Kugran excludes. Are you? Are you? Do you live like right near like a like a twelve way intersection or something? It's just New York City. Yeah, I tried to mute the the microphone there. Where I couldn't catch it in time. That's fine. Kugran excludes twelve Jengi and Monorail, and Yuyun excludes same picture hunt. So eh, fine. Any complaints? No, I, I guess I was a little bit surprised with Kugran. Like, was it gamesmanship here? They, they, her arguments are surprising to me. It's, it's just her basically saying, I want to go out on my sword. I want to lose to the poker player at poker. Let, let's do this. Well, the poker games have a lot of variance the way they're designed, but a game like 12 Jengi or, or Monorail, if you're the worst player, you're going to lose. Right, but she, she doesn't even pitch it that way. She pitches it as, I know that Yu Hyun is good at poker, so if I lose to him at poker, I won't feel bad about it. Sure, yeah, I think her reason was bad, but like her ultimate decision turned out to be pretty good. Uh, however, Yu Hyun excluding the same picture hunt didn't make a lot of sense, because if it's the same picture hunt we've seen before, he has a Garnet lead. He's going to start with a two-step advantage, and he's going to be able to execute the, the Jung Hyun strategy, which is really the Sangman strategy, since Sangman gave that strategy to Jung Hyun. But Jung Hyun executed it, uh, the Jung Hyun strategy of, of not not giving up fresh panels, not giving right. the other and, player a chance. And the strategy is pretty foolproof. I, I can only guess that he didn't do that because he knows that King Ran has already played that game and won it. But even still, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Like, well, if right. you There's the strategy, no it strategy to it. Right. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. But the, maybe maybe the, the thing that was weighing in his mind was the week before he had seen same number hunt had been changed in a way that was advantageous to the trailing player. So that that could be it, that, um, that perhaps in the new version of same picture hunt, and we'll find out soon enough because this will be a death match coming up, maybe he was afraid that they're going to show you all the panels at the start of the game. And uh, then, you know, that, that, that does change the dynamic quite a bit if sure. you can memorize uh, – Anybody who feels like it, feel free to ask him on Twitter because he speaks English and he has an awesome Twitter account because it's just at Yuhyun. Give him, yeah. drop him a line. He's around. Yeah, and he spells it uh, Y-O-U-H-Y-U-N. And I, I mean, come on, Bob Dilliumchus. I don't have a lot of complaints, but like if the guy anglicizes his name that way, do it the same way. You know, he can spell his name. Spell his name how he spells it, right? That's fair. 
Oh my god, did I just get the genius turned off? Is Bum Diddy Lamps going to stop sometime? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I forget I said that. I didn't say anything. Everything is perfect. Bum God, you spell whatever you like. You spell anything however you like it. Go for it. We're good with it. All right. I'd cut this from the podcast to save the genius, but I'm too lazy to mark the timestamp on it. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we draw a game from the, uh, the giant game ball thing. I think that's what it's called, right? And we are playing Indian poker, the worst poker game there is. The game that eliminated Kim Gura from the genius. Rest in peace. And, and Jinho. That's true. That's true. And In pretty much the same way. Um, Dongmin is advising Kyungran to call if Yuyun uh, has a middle-ish card. And uh, one of the things that I really loved seeing at the start of the of the death match was Yuyun shuffling his poker chips because uh, for people who play a lot of poker, you know, that's what you do. You sit there and you shuffle the chips with your fingers. Uh, I do it. I mean, I you know when I'm playing poker, I'll take a stack of twenty chips. I saw Gus Hansen do this once on the World Poker Tour, so I was determined to learn how to do it and break the twenty chips into four stacks of five and shuffle the fives together into two stacks of ten and then shuffle them back together into a big stack of twenty chips. I just you know you do it mindlessly when you're playing. Um, and you know you've got a real poker player in the Indian poker game when he's shuffling the little genius chips he's got in front of him. So I like that. I enjoy his way it. of doing a, his way of doing trick shots in pool to intimidate his opponent. Yeah, I mean that's like kind of it. It's you don't really do it to intimidate people. You do it because it's you got your fidgety when you're playing poker, and it's something to do with your fingers. You know, so that's that's all really that it is. Um, but he's shuffling his chips. They're ready to play, and he starts out with nines on the first two hands which is good for him both because there's strong cards and he wins the first two pots, but also because it's easier to keep track of what cards are going out when you're getting uh, pairs of cards. Each round uh, or each, each set of cards is, is 20 cards, one through 10, and once they're taken out, they're gone. So when you're trying to keep track of which cards are gone and which ones are remaining, it's, it's easier to keep track. Okay, the nines are gone. Instead of remembering there's a nine gone, an eight gone, a four gone, and a two gone. You know, it's, it's, I think it's easier when you can just say, all right, all that's left are the ones, the threes, the sixes, and tens, but all of those cards are still in the, in the deck. That's right. So this is something that I wish I think I knew a little bit more about. As somebody who doesn't really play much or any poker, um, I, I was pretty interested in the different card counting strategies that get put out there. I thought Johan's in Season 2 is pretty interesting, just sort of the basics we see in Season 1. I, I had no idea there were so many different ways to count cards. So I just find it, well, in general, pretty interesting. That's not something you really do when you're playing poker. Like, you don't, you know, what I think Yoan's way was to keep track of the, the ones digit as far as like, so on the last round, he'd know which one card he was up against. Right. Um, but when you're actually playing poker, right, it's when you're playing Hold'em in particular, all the cards that, uh, you know, your cards and you know the, the community cards, you don't know for the most part what people are folding. I mean, if you have a strong read on another player, you might know what cards they have or what they're folding or what they're likely to have. But for the most part, when you're doing your calculations, you can see all the cards in front of you. I mean, in blackjack, when you're counting cards, you have to keep track. Uh, and, and, but the counting structure for blackjack is much simpler than keeping track of which specific cards have been gone. When you're tracking, uh, in, when you're counting, counting cards in blackjack, you're not counting, all right, there's, there's four jacks gone and, and there's five sevens that are gone. And you're, it's not like that. It's, uh, it's a running count. Uh, the basic way to count cards is, is you just add and subtract one depending on uh, what cards are coming up. When it's a, a 10 through an ace, you're subtracting one from the count. When it's a two through a six, I believe, you're adding one to the count. And then so you just have a running tally, a running number. So the running number at any point might be three or it might be negative five, but you're remembering one number. You're only ever adding or subtracting one to it. And then uh, you divide that number by the number of decks remaining 
uh, in the shoe or gone from the shoe or I think I don't remember. I, I've I've never actually done it in a casino, but I've I've been curious about it and I've read how it works. So huh. uh, I play for such low stakes. I don't want to get my thumbs broken for you know five dollar hand blackjack. Yeah, I was thinking, what if it was frowned upon on the genius and like Dealer Nuna was taking people out back and just <laughs> cracking them in the head. <laughs> well, she she would finally smile, I suspect. Yeah, after it was done, after she'd gotten to beat up like Yohan or something in season two. Well, Dongman is dead. I can finally smile. <laughs> if he never gets eliminated from this game, it, it's just going to be a shame because we're not going to see the resolution of that story. Yeah, we're not we're not going to see how she reacts when he's finally gone. Is she going to give him like a, a big kiss? Like, what's going to happen? I think she's going right. to point at him and laugh like he did in Tactical Yutnori. That's what I'm hoping. Chinguya, friend, oh, you are so gone. Good. Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, the players are trading small pots, uh, but Kunran finally calls a big bet when she's got a 10. And it was a good move by, by Yu Yun, but his timing was bad because he had a 2 at that time. So there was not a ton for Kunran to be afraid of. I mean, she, she sort of knew she either had a 1 or a 10, but if she thinks it's equally likely. And I, I believe at that time uh, it was there had been um, – no ones or tens revealed. So I think it was equally likely, but perhaps someone can correct me on that if I'm wrong. That at that point, the fact that there are other chips in the pot, if she thinks it's equally likely she has a one or a ten, she should call any bet, mathematically speaking, if she knows uh, it's either going to be a one or a ten uh, because of the dead chips in the center of the pot. Like essentially, if if there's nothing in the pot, if there's no ante, there's no bets in there, and you bet five chips, and I know I've got a one or a ten, if I call half the time I'll win the pot, uh, with my 10 and half the time I'll lose the pot with my one, it evens out. My expected uh, value for making that call is zero chips. I, I guess with the, with the, um, the stipulation that I'm going to lose 10 chips if I'm wrong. So it, it, uh, I, I should correct myself. It makes more sense to call in that case. Um, and, and sure enough, like she figures out because it's, it's, it's 50, 50, if she has a one or a 10, because there's chips in the middle, um, uh, and because she's going to lose 10 extra chips, if she incorrectly makes a fold, she, decides to call, which is correct. In that situation, whether she has a 1 or a 10, since she can't know, the correct move is to call, regardless of what number she actually winds up having on her forehead. Does that make sense? It, it does, and yeah, I think it, it takes a little bit of expected value understanding, but I'm totally with you there. The expected value if she has a a 10 and folds is negative 10. If she has a 10 and calls, it's a win for whatever is in the pot. If she has a 1 and folds, it's 0. If she has a 1 and calls... Uh, I guess it's still zero. It's negative. Right? No, it's yeah. negative because she's losing chips. But like she, essentially, already, unless she's on cost, yeah. Unless she's got a read on Yuyun that she she you know has a tell on him that uh, that he's seeing that she has a one on her forehead. You know, unless yeah. unless she's got like a really strong tell. I mean, a really strong tell. You have to call there, and she does. Yeah. She correctly calls, and she's got a big lead now. She's got a forty-two to eighteen lead. Uh, so you know, that's, that's a strong position to be in. Even if, even if Yu Yun doubles up, it's still a pretty close match. So, uh, we get to the, the critical hand. Kungran bets five. Yu Yun shoves all in. And Kungran takes a moment to think about it, which is called slow rolling. It's something you don't do in poker. It's really twisting the knife in your opponent. But I think she was doing it to be nice. Like, well, you know, if I call right away, he'll feel bad. So I'll just take a moment. But that is excruciating for the player because they're starting to think, well, if she's thinking about it, she then then I can't have a one, you know. Then I've got this hand one. I'm going to win the hand. I'm going to be in great position here. Um, but of course, they both have a one, and it is crapshoot time. Well, the genius's favorite addition to poker rules. Yeah, this is really that, awful. Yeah, and I guess so. Here's something I, I do know about poker, which again is not that much, but typically in poker, if you have a hand where there is a tie, you don't go to you know next hand wins for winner take all. You just split it. So whatever's in there gets split 
you know, equally among all the people who are in the hand. And if there's a remainder, that stays in the pot for the next hand. But the no, genius doesn't do things that way. They they just basically say, all right, winner take all, next hand. Yeah, a chop pot is split up amongst all the players with an equal claim to the pot. So, um, yeah, if uh, – yeah, yeah, so – that's what should happen. It's not what the genius does. The genius keeps the money in there because it's more exciting for TV, which it is. It is more exciting for TV to have a coin flip. But why not just have the death match be a coin flip then? Why not just let uh, Dealer Hong uh, flip the black-white coin and let the player with more garnets call it? I mean, what, what's the difference at that point? You're in a situation you're, – you're putting the players in a situation where you're forcing skill out of it. You're, you're limiting skill. I mean, 30 chips is not a ton of chips to begin with, which, fine, I get it. Like, you you don't want this to be hundreds of chips and it's a, it's a long, drawn-out thing and it's you know the best player is always going to win and there's no real hope for you know you don't want to turn it into like chess i guess ostensibly you want to keep some element of luck to it but this is too much luck this is a situation where um essentially yuyun is forced to to put in all his money he sees his opponent has a hand that can't win right i mean they wind up tying but you're 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 putting him in a situation where he can either surrender the the chips in the pot and surrender the pot to a hand that that can't beat anything right or um uh, or he can just uh, he can put in the money and take the gamble. But like, if you think about it strategically, if if he decides to fold to not go all in, if he makes the choice, I'm not going to go all in. I'm not going to risk this coming down to to a, a coin flip essentially. Then that's a very exploitable strategy too, right? All Kumaran then has to do is move all in every single hand, and he's going to keep folding, right? If he's afraid of going all in, go all in every hand. The only way he's ever Going to uh, going to survive one of those all ins is if Kumran has the lowest card possible and it's that card's match isn't there. So like if the lowest card left is a two, let's say, but the other two is already gone and the two ones are gone. So if he sees she has a two, then he knows he 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 wins the hand. But you can't count on that scenario again. That's pure luck. Like you need you need the luck of that scenario coming up, uh, or else at some point you're in a position where you just have to take the risk that maybe you're going to be flipping a coin uh, to stay in the genius, which is bad. That's not what we want. I want death matches to be primarily skill-based. I want, I want uh, skill to always have a chance to carry the day in the death matches. Is that fair? I, I think it's fair. It's a choice that they've made, just like you said, for TV entertainment value. And it, it probably means in this case, I mean, I mean, Kim, Kim Ran had a huge lead here, so she was in good shape. It's unlikely that if the rules had been different, that she still would have uh, lost to the guy with more experience. But you could see many other cases in the history of the show you know, particularly the G1 case, where it, it may not work out. It, it, it most, more likely than not, works out differently if that chop rule is different. Yeah, I mean, like, you're, this rule only works to, like, uh, it works to the detriment of good players, right? Which the show ostensibly wants to keep around longer. I mean, do you want the finale of season one to be, like, uh, uh, Minseo versus Chengyap? You know, like, is that is that how you want uh, th- that season. I'd say no offense to either of those two, but that, that was totally offense to both of them. Uh, I, you know, do you want, do you really want a world where like the best players aren't the most likely to keep surviving? What's the point? Yeah. And that clearly that's not, it's not what you want. And to be fair, like in that circumstance, I guess I'm mean, say, uh, right. Jimmy Cha, or, or is that the name of the auctioneer? Was that her name? Cause I realized Jimmy Cha actually, his name is so similar to hers, which is probably why yeah, he's Minsu and she's Minseo. Yeah, that was talking about the auctioneer. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you've got a situation where the you know the the worst players make it to the end, it's not the genius; it's Survivor Gabon. How dare, how dare you talk about Bob Crowley? Like I was gonna I was gonna say if it's, if uh, you got a season where like the best players out early and the the worst players stick to the end, it's Survivor Gabon. But there were no best players in Survivor Gabon. That's uh, oh god, poor Sugar, she's the worst. 
So, uh, oh, I hear an ambulance. Does that mean that uh, there's been an injury in your small little hamlet of Brookline? <laughs> Here in Brookline, Massachusetts. Yeah, wow, that is loud. All right, I, it is as good a time as any to note. I think, well, let's head towards our wrap-up for this episode and give you the preview for next week. Yeah, yeah, next week we have a Garnet match. It was called Garnet Thief, so that'll be good. We had uh, a bit in the preview about which team is doing well and which is doing poorly, so expect that to not be what ultimately happens, or maybe it will be what happens and they're double-tricking us. Who knows? I don't know. I, I don't... I don't watch the next episode uh, previews that closely for the genius because uh, who knows? There's going to be twists and turns and what are you really going to get out of it? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward. I'm curious to see what we get next week. I'm excited that the name implies that there's probably a little bit more Garnet trading allowed or a little bit more fluidity with the Garnets than we saw in the first Garnet match. So let's see where we end up. I'm excited to see what we what they make of it. All right, real quick, let's run down the, the likelihood of winning the season because um, I, I have my list here and I don't want to let it go to waste. So we'll do that and then we'll we'll wrap up. Uh, tier one is still Hyunmin and Dongmin. Uh, they they got to be the two favorites, but I think I'm coming around. I, after this this week and after last week with what happened to Hyunmin, I think Dongmin's in the top spot, but I think it's very close. Um, I do think Hyunmin would be more likely to win a final two between those two, even though last time he didn't. I still think this time he would, but I'm just starting to think it's more and more likely that uh, he's going to be going to death matches before then and that Dongmin won't, and that therefore he's going to have more chances to get eliminated. So i got to say, I, I, I think I'm now on, on your side, unless you've changed your mind, that Dongmin is the most likely and Hyunmin is the second most likely. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do still agree with that. He's just got so much equity built up with the other players. Okay, so next, that's Tier 1. Tier uh, The next tier is Tier Jinho. It consists of Jinho. They're going to say it's it's uh, purely Kyunghoon. It's just the Jinho <laughs> Memorial tier. Kyunghoon's the only person. Yeah, I mean, Jinho's, he, he's one of three players who's not been to a death match along with Dongmin and Jungmoon. Um, and, you know, so he, he seems to be staying out of the spotlight when it comes time to pick someone to maybe eliminate. He's kept a low profile. He's not been betraying people. He's just everyone's friend, Jinho. Why would you want to work against him? Yeah, he, he's basically season one Jin Ho, but with less trips to the death matches so far. Yeah, he's good he's smart. He's good at the games. He's he's friendly. He wants to he wants to be honest with you. Who doesn't like Jin Ho? So I think Jin Ho's in a very strong position. Uh, the next tier is uh, is uh, tier surprise because it's two players who I didn't think would uh, would be in the fourth and fifth position to win this this deep into the season. But it's uh, Yun Sung and Jun Seok, uh, I think, are the next two most likely to win the season. I have Yun Sung above Jun Seok because Yun Sung seems to have more social grace. He seems to do better with the other players, whereas Jun Seok is just the grumpy old dictator of North Korea. Yeah, so I, uh, he, he definitely looks like Kim Jong-un, and I think that I, uh, I perhaps erred in my assessment last time around because I viewed Dr. Yoon Sung as most likely to get chosen by other folks to go to a death match. Maybe that's wrong. I, he won a game, you know, along with, with John Stack. He gained a lot of credit with the group for that. Uh, maybe his, his status is rising. Maybe he won't be one of the first folks chosen for a death match. I think he's still... Selection. I mean, there's fewer places to hide too, but yeah, I, I still think I still think he's not in like a great spot as far as that goes. Um, but it's his stock has has been rising since he won the death match uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, he also won the game last week uh, in a in a way that was very impressive. I, I think that there's there's just more now to the uh, ooh. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to piss that guy off uh, about him. So I think I think he's probably not the most desirable to take but again he's he's there's certainly three people i'd less like to face than him so yun sung and john sayak are uh, a tier surprise and then finally at the bottom tier nope 
with uh, with a big a big shocker here. This is the this is the blindside twist ending. Um, in sixth place, the sixth most likely player to win the game, Kyung Hoon. What? Tell me I'm stupid. Go ahead. Feel free. But I, I think I think he is more likely than either Kyung Ren or Jung Moon uh, to win the game. Jung Moon I have in last place, by the way. She she was just awful this week, and I, I she's losing friends and allies left and right. She can't keep a secret. She can't put a strategy in the in the operation. I just it's not it's not great for her right now. So Jung Moon was very bad this week, but I've got to say she's done some good jobs in, in previous games. I would still her, not her best imagine. Move was, her best move was holding a bluff for seven seconds in week one. I mean, that's really hey, all sometimes, sometimes seven seconds is all you need. Won't make any jokes about that, but I'll leave it there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, she, she's my last place. And Kimran just I, – I don't see – do you see her winning? Do you see her, like, breaking through the barrier of, of Hyunmin and Dongmin and Jinho? I mean, is she going to be the survivor of a death match with any of those people? I She's got a shot. I just I find her much more likely to win than Kyung Hoon still. I think he he was great this week and he's taking over that Sangmin role of we're not mad when he betrays us or when he does something stupid because that's just what he does. So sure. I think he's over that hump in a way that like last week Yunsung he he surprised everybody and they were mad at him like I didn't know he could do this. I didn't know he had this in him. I'm, I I guess I can't trust him anymore. Whereas you know Kyung Hoon did the same thing and nobody was saying, "Oh, that Kyung Hoon, how could he?" They're saying, eh. Let's just be mad at Yunsung. So I think there's something to it. I think there's going to be a little more sliding uh, along for Kyung Hoon now. I think he's um, – it's not that he's under the radar. It's that he, like his image is so firmly like ingrained in the radar screen that you don't even notice it anymore, that it's like right there. So um, that, that might help him. And he's not – Terrible. He did a good job this week. He he did eventually figure out what was going on with uh, with the betrayers with the with the rebels. I mean he he was the first one who said he he got Yu Yun. You know he was loyal to the group. He worked well in the group environment this week. So I don't think he's likely to win. I just think that there are two people who are less likely to win than him. So I I have him in the sixth spot for now. Um, who knows? Uh, I'd say like watch him get eliminated next week. But it's not really an upset when the sixth most likely person to win out of eight is eliminated. I mean, it's really like if Dongman goes next week, then you say, well, what do I know? But you know, really at the bottom, like they're all close together in tier. Nope. That's that's pretty. It's, it, I don't think Kyung Hoon is way more likely to win than Kyung Ren. But I think, you know, in a game of margin, I think he's he's marginally more likely to win than Kyung Ren. It's still a very, very small percentage of the win equity. All right. I, I think that's fair. Let, let's see how it develops. I still I would still put him at the bottom of my rankings, but I, I see where you're coming from. Sure. So uh, with that, let's wrap up uh, episode five coverage here on Genius Cast with Scott and Mike. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at who is Scott Green. Mike is at Michael Botta, B-O-T-T-A. Please tweet us any questions you have uh, for the next episode's podcast. We will do our best to get it done Wednesday night. We've got to figure out our schedules. It's tougher than it looks. I have a lot of respect for Dom and Colin who, who have to coordinate this across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, but we will, we will do our best to get it out Wednesday night or Thursday morning for you before the embargo on speaking about the genius on Twitter has ended. Uh, so you have something to, uh, to chew on. Uh, we, we, uh, so please send us your questions and, uh, we look forward to addressing those and to talking about the next episode. We'll see you all next time. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good one.